Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Superstore Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in Phoenix, Phoenix, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by our special guest, John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for our Oracle special on scrying. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, protection, traditional African-American, book magic practices of hoodoo contra woodwork as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up to the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com or, and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We go into the phones in just a moment. First, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjureman. Miss Cat? Hi, Clifford. Well, I have performed a slight um, scientific experiment, which I wish to report to my science partner, Nagashiva. No, oh. my typing... My typing is not causing um, Clifford sound to cut out because I didn't right. type. I list. <laughs> Hi yep. guys, we're having a little technical difficulty. I was trying to figure it out, and I was told that maybe my typing simultaneously, which gets caught up on the sound, would have caused Clifford's sound to cut out, but not so. All right. Well, today is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sunny day. It's the first of May, May Day, which some people call Beltane. Um, one time a a holiday of flowers, another time it was a socialist holiday, and then among the pagans it kind of got um, resurfaced as a neo-pagan holiday. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful day for um, enjoying nature. I was outdoors and it was just lovely, flowers in bloom. They always say that if you go out before dawn, and collect the dew off the roses and put it on your face, you can make your skin clear and beautiful and rosy. Too late now. You already missed dawn. But remember <laughs> it for next year. Okay. I've been down in the shop um, working, uh, labeling candles. We've had walk-ins. We've had phone calls. It's hopping down there. And I just got to thank Nikki for holding down the fort, and she's doing a great job. People walking in and asking things like, what are Ouija boards for? And you're kind of like, okay, that could be a half-hour answer. i got to go to the radio show. Bye. <laughs> Leaving Nikki to tell them about Ouija boards. So that's what's happening here. I've been working real hard every week on my patron um, supporter um, feed where I send out um, advanced pages from the book I'm writing, which will be debuting at the August 13th and 14th Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And um, if you subscribe to my uh, Patreon for $2 a week, 
you will have advanced pages typeset and fully ready to go of the book, most of the book. Some of the book is you know, being revised, and so you'll have a version of it that will be a little different than what's published. And I'm also working very hard with the AIR tech team to get out the promo videos for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Every other week, we're releasing a video. Check in with um, the uh, AISC Facebook page, the AIR Facebook page, the Hoodoo Psychics Facebook page, Lucky Mojo, and most everybody else. Um, uh, Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, Missionary Independent, all of us are promoting these um, festival, and we hope that everybody who's a member of AIR is promoting it. It's being spread all over the Internet. Do us a favor and spread it around. Tickets are on sale at hoodooheritagefestival.com. So that's what I've been doing. A lot of uh, marketing work, actually, and then smelling the flowers, pulling weeds, and labeling candles. So how about you, Conjurman? What have you been up to? Well, I've been quite busy. Uh, It's uh, been one of those fantastic months, I should say. April has been quite busy. I do want to also recognize uh, May Day, International Workers' Day. The socialist me couldn't let it (laughs) pass, of course. So shout out to all the workers and laborers out there, particularly given that this past month, April, has been like absolutely amazing when it's come to unionizing. Uh, the steam has really been building uh, at Starbucks and Amazon, uh, and we're just seeing like just literally warehouse after warehouse after warehouse, uh, coffee shop after coffee shop, just unionizing left and right and that you can see them panicking you can see amazon and starbucks very clearly panicking as they should and deserve to be panicking so shout out to all the workers who are doing the the hard work on this international workers day it's kind of a beautiful moment uh, i did see 2021 and 2022 were going to be the year of workers and laborers and labor uprisings and we're definitely seeing that and i, I really love it um i think it's going to transform I mean, I could, you could probably argue that this is one of the most exciting moments in labor history in probably decades. Uh, it's been quite quiet in America, but I think the pandemic really woke people up and realized that, yeah, you don't have to, you know, go for starvation wages or at a shitty warehouse where you have to turn in your cell phone uh, and they time your pee breaks and stuff like that. Like, that. no, thank you. So. Shout out in solidarity to, to all those people. But May was also really, or April was really a busy month for me as well in regards to like diagnosis stuff. Um, this was really, like I said, this was about people going, I haven't had a, a good paying job in years. What's going on? I haven't had a good relationship in years. What's going on? So we really dug deep. And I just got some really good news this past Friday. So back in late March, I'll say, uh, I, a client came and asked about relationships. You know, like I haven't had a date in a long time. When will I have this date? And we, this was part of their, their solo return for like the year and a head. And I said to them, exact date, I said, end of April, I mean, end of April, 29th, 30th or so, someone new is going to come into your life. And so I got an email like Friday at 2 in the morning two in the morning and being the insomniac that I am, I'm checking my email. Uh, two in the morning, and it's my client, like, you'll never believe it. Just earlier today, some guy gave me his number, and we've been texting for the past eight hours, the exact date that you said. And I said, oh, 
There's a reason we do astrology, that you can't beat the timing of astrology. So that's very good news. Wow. And that's, of that's course, great. uplifted my entire weekend. Because I always love seeing clients be happy, but in particularly clients who have been dealing with stuff like, I have a, day, a date in six years. What's going on? Is there hope? And the answer, like 99% of the time, of course there's hope. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of timing. Just a matter of timing. That's right. Timing and saying yes to timing. Exactly. You know? Just being open to it and seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I do want to say you were talking about reading clients. I've been doing a lot of readings. A lot of people wanting to change jobs. I think the mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. the temp- pandemic is passing over, but now the mental readjustment begins. And I'm yeah. finding people who were made to work remotely and now they're being called back and they don't want to go back and people who were made remotely and um and hated it and now the company tells them hey we kind of like that remote job remote from now on and they hate it so it's a big divide in people's lives um before the pandemic and after it's it's really almost like a, a world war in a way that it's going to be a marker but it's going to be a yes. particular marker yes. in terms of people's occupations uh, a few people months ago we were getting everything yeah a few months ago we were getting a lot of requests and calls from people should i take up spirituality should i take up um mm-hmm. being a reader should i make candles should i make oils can i earn a living with this now it's gone to a whole nother level of should I quit my job? And mm-hmm. there's many people yeah. wanting to do that. There's no one answer. One answer doesn't fit everybody. So I can't give yeah. one answer to everybody. But if you want a reading on that, I can say that I have done more readings on job changes in the last um, three months than I have done yeah. In, in, yeah. in a year or more. I mean, it's just it's like really increased. Um, it's escalated. Yeah. So if it's on your yeah. mind, be sure to give me a call or any of the other wonderful members of AIR. Now, I'm, Someone should really look at the uh, records of readers as a tracking of what's going on in society because it really does a phenomenal job of showing yeah. you what the trends are, what people's anxieties are, what's going on. And the job mm-hmm. thing is just like you're right on the money there. People are reassessing. Yeah. People are rethinking. It's woken people like, do I really want to stay at this place? Well, speaking of readers, I want to bring in our guest, who's one of the best readers in mm. the world and has been for many oh, a year. Um, yeah, oh gosh. Um, Mr. Humble <laughs> himself, the one, the only, the exclusive Reverend mm. Dr. John St. Germain of Knoxville, Tennessee. How are you doing, Welcome, John? John. Welcome. Oh gosh, what a what an intro! My goodness, I should have you follow me around. Yeah. Hey, uh, I went to oh, Arthur doing, School for that. Uh, gosh, <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, I'm doing I'm doing very well. I'm I'm doing very well. Um, now, where should I begin? I don't know. What do, What do you want to know? Um, uh, well, how um, are things How are things at your three churches? They're and doing. Shout uh, out and give the names of them. Well, there's uh, it's Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, which of course is founded by Reverend Adele Clemens, uh, and uh, there's uh, the sub chapels, uh, uh, Black Hawk Power Shrine, and the uh, the chapel of the Chapel of Saint Germain. Uh, that's not me. That's uh, the Ascended Master Saint Germain, and uh, they're, they're 
they're, they're doing quite well. Uh, I'm, I'm having live visitations again, and uh, that's really nice to have people actually coming over uh, in person. And uh, I recently built an enclosure. I have a, a stone uh, patio in between where two of the buildings uh, are on either end. It's on the backside, and uh, there's a stone patio that I put in uh, at a great great expense to me because, you know, while I was building that, that's when I had my heart attack. And, uh, and I was mm-hmm. cleaning up afterward. I was picking up stones, uh, leftover stones, putting them in a wheelbarrow. And I had this huge pain in my chest, and I knew immediately what it was. And, uh, you know, went to the doctor, and they did a electrocardiogram and said, uh, cardiologist, now. And the cardiologist said, go home and don't do anything. I'm getting you in for surgery, like, tomorrow. And, uh and uh, they didn't put two cents in, and now I'm, you know, alive and well. So, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, put an enclosure, so it's basically like another building, and uh, uh, outdoor uh, has a nice transparent roof. So, uh, you know, I'm in my 60s, but you know, I'm a work, I'm a workhorse of a man. So, um, mm-hmm. we we do our fresco, our fresco mm-hmm. readings out there when the weather's nice, and. Uh, I'm just very happy, very happy with it. Um, Seems very busy between that and, of course, my eight-year-old granddaughter that my wife and I are raising. She's taking dance lessons and she's taking skate lessons from a uh, former roller derby uh, woman, <laughs> which I oh, think that's is very cool. funny. I know she's wow. learning aggressive skating. <laughs> and, uh, wow, uh, it's very it's hard to I know she'll be nine uh, in a couple of months, which blows my mind. You know, she's been living with us since basically the day she was born. And, uh, wow. That just blows my mind. Blows yeah, what, my a, mind. what a joy, though, to have your granddaughter. And and uh, every picture I've seen of her, she looks alert and so pretty. She's very smart, very pretty, um, very uh, intelligent. Uh, you know, when you have a very smart kid, they're always looking for loopholes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like living with Perry Mason or something. You know, they, they negotiate, <laughs> well, negotiate everything and look for loopholes. Yeah, um, she she it, may take you all by surprise and turn out to run a spiritual chapel of her own in time. She's very but, interested in the work. Very interested mm-hmm. in the work. Um, so she may, you know, she may, she may follow up in the work. She's going to be very That's good wonderful. at whatever she does. She'll be very good at whatever well, she does. Well. Today, I'm going to uh, give a little of intro, more of intro to you because um, people are always new listening to the show, never heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, John has been for many years the voice of the Crystal Silence League. Now, the Crystal Silence League was a prayer chain um, founded around 1912 to 1919. No one knows exactly when it started. We have some dated manuscripts, but that we're not sure if it started before or during, whatever, um, by Claude Alexander Conlon, known as Alexander. That was his uh, performance or professional name was Alexander. And the Crystal Silence League was something he founded where he could pray for people. He had an active career on stage. He quit it and spent the last 30 years of his life um, as a, a spiritual practitioner praying for people and offering answers to their questions, what we would now call a reader, and he did it often by mail order, and he lived in L.A. uh, toward the end of his life. And we we founded, um, refounded the Crystal Silence League. I had found some um, old 
pamphlets, and I was amazed by them, and I thought this shouldn't be allowed to um, go away. So I refounded the Crystal Silence League and then was soon joined by a, um, another spiritualist, um, Jeffrey Vanderson, and he put out a Crystal Silence League newsletter for a while, and then he uh, drifted away from it and went off to do other things, and um, John came along, and John, the newsletter, but took it to the whole new level of a radio show. So John produced mm-hmm. uh, over 225 radio shows of the Crystal Silence League Hour. And also there's a Crystal Silence League Facebook page, and there's a lot to find out, Crystal Silence League website, and that's where you can post your prayers online. I decided to take it from the idea of postcards being sent in to prayers that were posted online, and then people could pray for you. So this has been going on for years, and John has been the person um, who's been responsible. Recently we began, um, I guess you'd call it, putting the shows in syndication. And um, we've been replaying the shows in order and advertising them in social media. You can find them. And just recently, we have some uh, announcement I'd like to make, which is that we have found someone who has volunteered to be the new voice of the Crystal Silence League. Now, I'm going to give you more details later, but it's going to be interesting because we're going to run John's shows one day a week and the new shows with the new person another day of the week. And I'm wow. going to wait until I yeah I'm going to wait till I have him on the show. I don't want to make a big mystery of it, but we we want to get some stuff settled up. You know, get it all in line. But you're going to see exciting. more Crystal Silence League shows. Yeah, it's very it is very exciting because Crystal Silence League is much loved. People go, what do you mean an online prayer service? Go there, find out. Meanwhile, um, we published a book called Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, featuring the writing of um, Claude Alexander Conlon, the man who knows, and John Saint Germain has published many, many books on crystal magic. Now, both Alexandra's book and John's books are about scrying. So let's get into what scrying is. John Mm -hmm. wrote two books, and I hope someone puts in the URL so you can order them, Crystal Magic and Lithomancy. Now, Lithomancy isn't about scrying. It's about fortune-telling with stones and crystals, coins, and other things. We're going to leave Lithomancy to one side, although if you love crystals, you'll love Lithomancy. But the book Crystal Magic is by John, and it's about how to do scrying. And so is Secrets of the Crystal Silence League. And with that, take it away, John. Tell us about scrying. Well, well, scrying, uh, nobody knows when it started. Uh, it goes back to beginningless time, you know, as, as it would be saying. Um, uh, every culture has it, and, but scrying, the idea is simple. You, uh, the seer... Uh, gazes into a reflective or even non-reflective surface um, and enters a receptive mental state and eventually images or visions uh, may appear on the surface or around the surface um, or even in the mind of the seer and this scrying can be used to gain insight in a situation it can be used for mediumship it can be uh, used to focus intention for remote viewing to inspire clairvoyant visions and um, there's uh, as many different ways to scry as there are scryers. There's libraries of information on it. Uh, crystal balls are the most uh, famous scrying tools, but there's also mirrors and uh, black mirrors, uh, wa- pools of water. 
and interesting things called Sacramentiums and Khorzarev mirrors and uh, mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, seers uh, such as Nostradamus saw visions in a bowl of water, and John Dee used um, uh, water and a scrying stone, and uh, I believe John Dee also had a scrying mirror that uh, exists to this day. You can see it. Uh, Roger Bacon and Cagliostro were said to practice mirror scrying. Black ink, bodies of water, uh, various crystals. Uh, mirrors have long been a favorite tool because they mirrors have a reputation for magical qualities. They're believed to be portals to other dimensions, hidden worlds. Spirits and other entities can hide in them. Um, they could become trapped in them. And uh, the magical qualities of um, mm-hmm. uh, mirrors also fill libraries, right? Um, the Wicked Queen in Snow White had a scrying mirror, right? Do you remember that? Mirror, mirror mm-hmm. on the wall. Yeah. Who, who is the fairest of them all? Um, and uh, it also revealed secret information. She could spy on her enemies in that, which is another thing you can do with scrying, right? Um, yep. And there was a little girl named Alice who passed through a mirrored portal into a magical wonderland. And there was a childhood game called Bloody Mary, which summons... Mm-hmm a demonic entity, and that may not be totally mythical, that sort of ritual. Um, there, there are tales with quite a bit of uh, evident, evidential uh, 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 stuff behind it. So gazing into this black mirror or a um, shaded mirror in the dark, uh, it's a very ancient practice which is believed to possess great power. Uh, the Greeks had a... Uh, 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 rooms called psychomantiums and necromantiums where they would go into and talk to spirits. And this was basically a dark room with a mirror, which can be replicated. And Raymond Moody actually recreated the psychomantium and wrote, uh, wrote books about it in the 1970s. This is what introduced me to the idea of gazing into a, uh, a mirror in a dark room. Uh, somewhat terrifying experiences I had um, in that. Um, hmm. I didn't know. I didn't think it would work. I, I was in a closet with a, uh, one of those uh, full-length uh, dressing mirrors uh, mm-hmm. that, that belonged to the family. It was just one of those cheap uh, Kmart mirrors, and uh, uh, I followed the directions uh, in uh, Dr. Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life. Uh, and you know, you know, he, uh, uh, Dr. Raymond Moody, invented the term near-death experience, um, and um, so he. Uh, did quite a bit of research in past life, and his main tool was the uh, dark mirror device. Uh, basically, he recreated the psychomantium, and um, he proposed that this psychomantium, and eventually he created psychomantium clinics that you could go and uh, sign up, and I think maybe they still exist. Uh, he's, he's got these things that you can go sign up and enter this dark room and have a guided Psychomantium experiments, and you can buy psychomantium mirrors from him, which is basically just wow. a black mirror. But um, but wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, let me let me just jump in. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah, of yeah. black mirrors, uh, speaking mm-hmm. of black mirrors, you make and sell some of the most exquisite black scrying mirrors. So don't sell yourself short here by advertising somebody else. I have well, yes. a, a, I a black palm, mirror from you that is incredible and i intend to use that today <laughs> so yes uh, make sure you yes, put the, drop the url uh, drop the url oh, yeah. maybe uh, yes, someone else uh, can uh, put it in um 
where you talk about those black mirrors, they are they are amazing. Right. I wanted to make uh, a black mirror. I had a uh, uh, basically uh, a little one uh, that I used for a long time, but it kept getting you know, cracked, and I'd glue it back together. So. Um, I consulted with my son, and I said, we need to make a really nice, protected scrying mirror. And so we got together, and we did, and we make them out of walnut and sherry. And uh, they uh, they worked really, really well. They worked a lot better than I originally thought they would, actually. And, uh, uh, and yes, indeed, they are uh, available on my website, and people who have bought them were very, very happy with them. And uh, so uh, they... Uh, and they come with a little bag, and I, I wrote a little book uh, that uh, gets you started on it. And uh, on the back is uh, is etched, uh, according to whichever one you want, is the fourth pentacle of the sun, which is um, you know believed to reveal the hidden thoughts of others and to reveal all secrets. And on one of them is the fourth pentacle of Mercury, which is believed to help uh, you know to assist you in gaining hidden knowledge and uh, mm-hmm. penetrating the thoughts mm-hmm. of others. And um, I, can, I can put anything you want on it. Um, uh, you know, we have tremendous woodworking technology at our disposal. And, uh, you know, I can, I can put a picture, uh, you know, of your grandmother on it if you want me to, but um, uh, we can do pretty much anything we want on it. Uh, and uh, we have uh, a very high-impact mirror that's utterly black, and uh, mm. they work really, really well. And you can anoint them with uh, psychic vision oil, uh, Solomon wisdom oil, or whatever that helps you. So clarity, uh, clarity, clarity oil. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, you can yeah. smoke them, suffumigate them in incense, which is what I I like to do with them. Um, I, I love suffumigation. I think people should do more of it. I encourage people to use uh, suffumigation methods all the time. It's a little more trouble than oil, and I think that's why most people don't do it. But man, if you go into my um, my shrines, my buildings, they, they smell mm-hmm. of incense constantly. I do it all the time. I think it's a wonderful practice. Um, it works very – I mean, if you burn incense in a room, it goes everywhere. There's no mm-hmm. cre- crevice, uh, you know, unaffected. So I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I was in the mirror. I was in the closet of this mirror, and I, I was quite young. I, gosh, in, uh, in the 70s, I was uh, in my teens. And uh, – so I decided to try this. Um, I lit the candle, like you said. You put the mirror at an angle where you can't see your reflection, and that's pretty much essential with scrying. If you're looking at your face, you're going, oh, my God, look, I got a nose hair. You know, Jesus, God. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and I gazed and gazed, and uh, he says, stick with it. And that's one of the things you really have to do with this. You cut all yeah, the distractions. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was no cell phones, <laughs> you know, and uh, – mm-hmm no distractions and I looked and looked and you know I lost track of time but it seems like uh, when I looked at the clock afterward uh, and I'm going to tell you I ran screaming out of that closet I, I, I about uh, broke my nose on the door because I didn't turn the handle mm-hmm. some of this my grandmother walked out of that mirror and my grandmother wow. did, you know for several years mm-hmm. but she walked out of that mirror was in the closet with me and I ran screaming out of that closet and it was as real as if I were in the room with you and I mean, I, I just went, dear God, and I, I, I ran in it. was like, you know, comical because I, I hit that door, and I was like clawing at that door trying to get out, and I finally remembered to turn the knob, and I ran out, and uh, it was panicking. I was like, ah, 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 ah. and uh, you know, oh, you imagined it. Well, you know, I've imagined things before, 
usually, you know, involving, well, you know, like pinup posters and things, but I know the difference between my imagination and something like that. And, uh, you know, after I discussed it with various relatives um, and things, uh, I said, I'm onto something here. And my grandmother mm-hmm. had a black cup, a black coffee cup, one of these little cups or a teacup that you get. And uh, they used to have a, an oatmeal that you got dishes in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you get a cup, a salsa, a sugar bowl, and eventually you collect a whole set, right? And she had painted the inside black, you know, with black paint. And uh, I never knew what that was for. And then uh, one of my my other uh, relatives, uh, her name was uh, Aunt Cal, C-A-L. When I was a kid, I thought that, that was Aunt Cal, C-O-W, and I was very puzzled. <laughs> uh, and uh, she goes, oh, your grandma used to fill that with water and look in it, you know, uh, uh, she was a water witch, and uh, and water witch usually means dowser, but she used to look into it. And I filled it with water and started looking into it. I still have that cup. I still do. The handles broke off of it, but uh, she used it for uh, scrying. And so when I made my Divine Harmony Spiritual Church coffee cup, it's got a black interior. You just fill it with water or coffee and use it as a scrying device. Mm-hmm. Which wow. is cool, and I don't That's know why really... more people don't buy them because, you know, it's a <laughs> – there it is. You know, you've got a scrying cut. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the mirror's got to be cared for. Um, uh, get a microfiber cloth and keep it clean. Uh, you'll focus on a on a bit a bit of schmutz and think, oh, I'm, oh, I'm seeing a skull or something, you know, and it's just a fingerprint or something or, a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a candy bar smudge or something. So um, – um, and, uh, but it's a wonderful practice. Anybody can learn it. Anybody can learn it. Um, it takes perseverance. It takes mm-hmm. perseverance. And uh, when we talk about how to do it, um, probably after the next break, which I sense is coming up, I'm looking at my scrying mirror. It says a break is about to come up. <laughs> uh, uh, we, uh, well, actually, actually, we, we have a couple you, more minutes here. Um, okay. And uh, and I'd like to uh, throw in a little bit about some something about scrying too. People always sure. talk about crystal balls and um, yeah. Um, so crystal balls are interesting because I, I favor um, crystal balls and palm stones, and mm-hmm. I have many many crystal balls. And people think that a crystal ball should be clear, and Lord knows we sell a lot of clear crystal balls um, at our shop glass ones and they work very very well but they also are used for sending messages um, according to the color of the crystal so that's the opposite of scrying that's called projecting right Mm -hmm. and um, so I like to use palm stones a lot and I I love to use I guess I started off with black obsidian um, mm. But I got into Labradorite, and um, and I've gotten into I have um, a lot of palm stones made of different types of stones. I've tried scrying with almost every one of them. Some of them don't work for me for scrying. I'm not going to name them because someone else will say, but that's my favorite scrying stone. <laughs> I use what are called figured stones. These are stones that have patterns on them, and I also use on my crystal balls. I use patterned stones. Um, right yeah. now, I'm holding a, um, my favorite palm ball that's a palm ball I know that you can hold it in your hands called Gabbro Merlinite and it's just mm-hmm. this strangely oddly shimmery black 
it's just real interesting. It has these sort of designs on it made by nature. And um, you, the designs, if you look at them, it's like reading tea leaves. You know, you turn the ball and you go, oh, look, there's a something or other. And so it's, it starts your mind thinking. So I'm I'm very much um, mm-hmm. uh, in favor of people experimenting. So let's see what uh, Conjuran has to say about this. You got a few words about scrying? Yes, I most definitely do. Uh, I think people, clients in particular, come and know me for tarot readings because that's what clients want. But in actuality, the readings that I use mostly for myself are fourfold: is astrology, geomancy, dream divination, mm-hmm. and scrying. These are actually the four family traditions I was raised with until a very young age. We learned how to scry. It's actually part of my family tradition. So I do want to introduce just a little bit of spice to John's history there. Uh, love you, John, but that was a lot of dead old white guys. So I'm going to introduce <laughs> a little bit of spice yep, to this yep. history. Uh, You're right. There are the oldest Middle Eastern yeah, the, famous scryers. The, yes. old, the oldest uh, scryer in history is actually mentioned in the Bible itself. And most academics believe that scrying is likely a Jewish practice that was related to dream divination. There's a reference in the Bible of a cup that has been being secreted away, uh, and the cup is is in the 44th chapter of Genesis, if I'm not mistaken, and it's revealed to be a part of Joseph's cup. The vizier of Egypt, the great dream interpreter, and it's said very deliberately that the cup is used for divination. So that is the oldest written record we have. We believe it's likely Jewish. Eventually, after the Babylonian exile, it seems to have been adopted by the Achaemenids. We know that the Achaemenids also used cups of a variety of sorts with some type of wine. So there seems to be a Jewish, Persian, Near Eastern route to it, and then eventually it makes its way over to Greece, where it's then picked up. And there's a variety of different practices in Egypt, for example. Scrying is generally done with ink in the hand. So a, a drop of ink is placed in the center of the palm and it is stared into until you are able to see it. There's also a very long tradition of having other people scry for you, usually children. So young boys and young girls are often uh, recruited to be scryers for magicians. And a little bit of uh, ink is placed in their hands and they stare into it and then they scry. In fact, John Dee, as you noted, uh, Edward Kelly was his scribe. Uh, so there has always mm-hmm. been a sort of connection here. And the reason for this is I've talked about this, and Kat and I have talked about this, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. But there are certain divination practices that are really open and anyone can pick up. They're knowledge-based, right? I would argue that astrology is one example of that. You don't have to have a lot of intuition for astrology. It's good. You should have it. But astrology is rooted in a series of correspondences and associations that you can memorize. It's a technique. Tarot is more intuitive, and there's an element of intuition that you need to develop. And scrying is the other extreme of it. It is so deeply intuitive, so deeply spiritual, that it often can be quite difficult for people to pick up. I, in my opinion, you have to have a little bit of skill for it. You can certainly learn. I think everybody can learn some scrying ability. But not everyone will go on to become an amazing scryer, and not everyone will go on to love scrying as their primary divination practice. And I think one of the things you mentioned, perseverance here, is crucial. There's a moment when you're scrying, whether you're looking into a crystal ball, whether you're looking into a stone, whether you're looking into water, where you hit a wall, where you're like, nothing is happening. That's the moment when you need to push through. Most people turn away at that moment. They've waited an hour. <laughs> They've stared into this cup for an hour. 
they look a fool, and they're like, that's it, I'm done. That moment is the turning point. That is the key. When you turn away, you won't scry. If in that moment you persevere, you will then be able to start to see images. My recommendation to clients, personally, has generally been to use oil and water. Get yourself some psychic vision. Get yourself some nice water. I personally prefer natural water rather than just sort of tap water. But natural water, drop a couple drops of psychic vision, and then stare into the shiny, oily surface by candlelight. That works wonders for beginners. I use a variety of tactics. We've uh, talked about altars on this uh, show and I've mentioned that one of my altars involves a mirror against the wall that I use. It's a magic mirror um, that I've created. Very difficult to make and there's all sorts of formulas for it. Um, But my favorite method is generally my ring. So I wear a carnelian ring which houses the gym and I use that ring to scry. And I've done it just out in ordinary life. I haven't even done it in ritual settings where you light a candle. I do that with mirrors. I do that with crystal balls. I have an obsidian one. But my favorite method is that someone is talking, if I want to ascertain the truth of what they're saying, I just peer into my ring. And those who have come to the workshop and this cat seen me, I wear that ring very openly. There's a secret to it. I just peer into that carnelian ring, and I'm able to tell very quickly if a person is lying, if they're telling the truth. It's how I ascertain gossip is true or not. I heard so-and-so is getting fired. Is that true? Give me a moment. It's either a geomantic chart gets cast in that moment, or I start to peer into that ring, and I get my answer very quickly. So I scry out in ordinary life. And that's what makes scrying so interesting. While it is often done in sort of seclusion settings, as you mentioned, the closet, some people do it in a ritualistic sense of lighting candles, it can also be done in any meditative state. You can do it in the car, not driving, hopefully, but in the back seat. You can do it if you're sitting in the back of a room. Scrying offers you a direct connection to the world of spirit and insight through the mediumship of your game. So you can do it. You can do it elsewhere. I do it. It's a little trickier to do it when there's a lot of noise, when there's a lot of hum going on, but you can absolutely do it. I stare into that ring quite frequently, and I scry as a, as a way of getting information. So that's another thing that people use, is rings for scrying. That's right. Wow. All right. I think we've covered a lot of ground here. We're going to take two clients... Um, and um, we're going to scry for them. So stay tuned and let the scrying begin. All right, take it away, Clifford. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. We'll be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call-in clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire, the Lucky Mojo format forum, ThatLuckyMojo.com, and you can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 1-8-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you will be available to be on the air. We will select our callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like to say hello and let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our first client is Anna, calling from area code 205, but I'm not sure whether Anna is there. Anna, are you there? I guess not. Nope. Mm -hmm. Crickets. 
All right. Well, she said that I just got served custody papers with lies on my 17-month-old daughter born with a club foot. Her father has been horrible, to say the least, and pathologically lying and inconsistent at best. Did not tell his two teenage children our daughter existed until she was seven months old. I moved home out of state while pregnant, tried my best to include him and his religious family. I knew very well my daughter's father is a former youth minister and a Jekyll and Hyde fraud. I started court case work and will be placing an order today and would like a reading on the outcome with the lawyer I have picked out. Turning over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Well, as promised, I'm going to answer this question using a scrying mirror. This is a black mirror that I uh, got from John St. Germain. Um, I want to first express to Anna, this sounds like just a terrible thing, and I'm glad you got um, a lawyer, because when we have social issues, they have to be dealt with in social ways as well as magically. When we have medical issues, they have to be dealt with um, through the medical um, healing uh, system of our choice, not just magically. So this is religious, and so I'm also going to recommend that you put in your intense spirituality into the work. Um, You put religious in quotes and said that they were frauds, but not all religion is fraud. And if you have any spiritual knowledge, please use that as well. Okay, having said that, and that you have a lawyer, I'm really, really glad. So I'm going to do what I always do. I hold this scrying mirror in my hand and close my eyes for just a minute. And open my eyes and look at it. So what I see here is a tangled web. It's like a spider web. And this is not a good sign because it says there's more uh, entanglement here than I knew about when I started looking. I see um, the idea of um, the spider web is very haunted looking. It almost looks like a haunted house spider web. And now in turning the crystal, when I when I see just one vision, I'm trying to explain what I'm doing as I do it. When I see just one vision and it stays like that, I usually will turn the crystal or the palm stone or whatever just a little to catch another little angle of light and see if I see something different. So I've rotated my hand just slightly, and the spider web is remaining. And that's not good. And the center of the spider web is turning to a more black. You're caught in a trap. This is a very bad situation, and it it says to me that your hope for a good outcome is going to be somewhat limited unless you can literally tear through this web of lies. It is. I know that you're doing court case work, and that's good. Um, now I'm going to just turn my hand over and uh, turn. I'm uh, still holding the the scrying mirror. Turn my hand down. Look at the back of my hand and um, ask the next question. The next question, is your lawyer adequate? And turn it back up and see what I see. Okay, so this is pretty good. Your, your lawyer seems to be good. I see a an image of a man standing upright. It's just a man. I don't know whether your lawyer is male or female. This man is standing upright, dressed in 19th century clothes, actually. It's sort of old-fashioned looking. 
And uh, now behind him, I see a crowd of people. Oh, I know what these are. These are ancestors. These are not lawyers. Good. Okay. I this is this is my mind playing a pun, and I love it. The pun is people talk about your spiritual court and usually refer to your spirits and ancestors. And I was thinking lawyer in court, and now I have produced in my mind a picture of many ancestors, men and women. Um, you should be working with your ancestors, is what this says. And um, I would say that the um, lawyer may be um, adequate, but um, you should also call upon history, call upon those who came before you. There are people um, who are ancestral, who lived upright lives. All of these people are standing very... Um, formally, as if they were posing to show themselves at their best, and they're wearing their best clothes. And they kind of go back and recede. So that was not an answer to the lawyer. It said, your ancestors may be as important as the lawyer. I'm going to try turn the crystal over in my hand, still holding it. Look at the back of my hand, turn it back, and I'm going to ask again. And what about the lawyer? Okay, now I see a horse. Um, probably, again, knowing my mind, this probably is influenced um, by some of my knowledge of the symbolism of a horse, but there it is. It's a horse. And the horse has a saddle, but there's no rider on it. Um, the horse with no rider, um, usually in Chinese symbolism, which I'm pretty familiar with, represents the way to success, get on the horse and ride. So the horse with no rider, again, is not the best about your lawyer. You might want to be very careful about your lawyer. and But you still have a chance for success. But you need a, um, a knight on that horse or someone, and I'm not seeing it. So those are my answers, um, and that's what I see. I wish that I could tell you this is going to go really well, because people always want that great, good, happy answer. But what I'm seeing here is that the horse is good, but there's nobody in the saddle. You may have to change um, lawyers, sort of like, again, the horse in my, I understand, when, when scrying, I have to say, I often end up with my own mental repertoire of images. And so the horse with the saddle, but nobody on it, immediately makes me think of the Pony Express. I live out in the West. We all were raised on tails of the Pony Express. So this is the horse, the fresh horse that's waiting and I think that you may end up changing lawyers before all of this is over. And that's not a bad thing. Um, a fresh horse is probably what will be needed. So as you can see, scrying is a series of images that just appear um, for me. And it's like going into a dream state. And that's about all I have to say about this. Um, I wish you all the best. Um, I would use the ancestral vision um, as a way to break through that spider web. The spider web says to me there will be gossip and lies. You're going to have to prepare yourself for that. The ancestors stand behind you. You might have to change lawyers. All right, I'm going to turn this over to John. Thank you. You, you turn your hand over to clear the mirror, right? To clear the image. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, Oh, I'll tell you what I do. Um, uh, I breathe on the mirror to fog it, and as the fog lifts, the, the image appears. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. That's interesting. Totally different. Wow. 
Okay, so here, okay, here I go. You can give me just a minute. Okay, I see that a, a man comes out. There's a, uh, it's a sunset, and I see the horizon, and there's a man standing there, and he's a very tall, broad-shouldered, uh, short stuff. He raises a bow, and he shoots an arrow. And uh, he, he's the hero, okay? He's not the villain. He's not not the ex here. And the arrow flies through the air very fast, and it catches fire. It's, it's, it's uh, going so fast, and it lands in the ground. And where it lands, it, uh, uh, there's a transformation. Or where it lands, uh, a plant grows, and it flowers. Uh, I don't recognize the buds. They're uh, bluish and purple, but on every bud is an eyeball. And what I take this to mean is that many eyes are on this case. Uh, but there's a... Uh, uh, a good ending. I think there's a good ending. Um, there's a protector. There's somebody, an advocate, a zealous advocate, a, uh, a hero here. And the outcome will be good. There's somebody who's, uh, there's justice. There's someone who's on fire here. Now, there's another person here, though. I, I just see the outline against the, the sunset, and uh, it, it's like a rat with horns. Uh, a rat standing on its hind leg with horns, and I think this would be the X. But mm. as he approach as he approaches, um, let, there's too much here. Let me. Okay, as he approaches, uh, there, there's this very absurd image of a mushroom, and sitting on the mushroom is a frog, and the frog's playing a harp, and. Where the fire is, the X approaches, and I smell this terrible, it's a stench. It's like uh, a very strong aftershave in cigars. And uh, this is like the smell, how putrid he is. Um, But the frog and the harp indicates angelic protection. His uh, religion is fake, it's false, it's like that stench. Uh, your uh, your faith in God will be very strong. Um, uh, the lawyer, he's in it for the money. Um, there's no real um, no real heart there to him. Um, I, I see he falls down like a tree that's been felled in the – he'll fold under the pressure. I, I do think you need a new lawyer. Um, but ultimately, I see very strong protection, very strong uh, spiritual um, help here. There's uh, spiritual eyes on you. The, uh, the archer and the frog, I think, are guardians. And uh, these are the, uh, the powers that uh, I think need to be summoned. Um, the presence of the fiery arrow, I believe, is uh, also uh, uh, a sign. I think of like Saint Michael. I think of uh, uh, Saint Andrew. I think of uh, Saint George. Um, I think of these uh, warrior saints uh, looking out for you. The frog playing the harp. Well, to me, I, frogs have a. To me, frogs are divas. They're angels uh, for reasons that you know would take too long to explain. And uh, the the harp music. Uh, uh, I, I can hear it, 
it, the, the harp is uh, the frog's playing Amazing Grace on the harp, which is also a song that is uh, near and dear to me. And uh, the, the frog has a crown. He's a frog prince. And um, that's what I see. Uh, the interpretation I get is that you will have a zealous advocate. You'll have a hero. Um, I believe that you will come out victorious about this. Uh, there are two levels you have to work the legal level and the spiritual level. And with this fortress, um, I think you'll you'll come out ahead. Wow. <laughs> very, very amazing. All right. Oh, well, okay. let's, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's turn this over to Contraband, who's going to give some root work advice. Yeah. So first, uh, I want to say I'm very sorry for what you're going through. This is uh, a sort of miserable and horrible circumstance to be in, uh, an act of, of true cowardice on this person's part. Whenever you're dealing with lies, ongoing lies, and particularly when you see lies in gossip in the way that Miss Cat has seen it here, that is uh, a web that is sort of building, uh, we, wanna, we want to address that. And so I'm going to give you work uh, in my sort of typical fashion in three parts. But the first, what I want you to do is take a picture of this man, write his name three times on the back, then turn it and write justice over it so that you completely cover it. Write justice, nice, big, bold letters. <clears throat> if you're particularly angry and you don't even want justice, then write the words shut up. Shut up so that you silence this person's tongue. So either will work, but you want to write it bold so that it covers his name entirely. You are then going to take a black marker and cross out his eyes and his mouth and do so with great intent and righteousness in your heart. Convey it in the way you hold the marker. This is not a light, delicate calligraphy. I want you to cross out his eyes and his mouth. Get yourself a beef tongue from a butcher and make a slit into it. Put the photo into this slit along with red peppers, salt, and alum. Now take a black string, black thread that you've needled, and you're going to sew the tongue shut. And as you do so, you're going to recite Psalm 35 and Psalm 37. And you're going to speak strongly, firmly, slowly and deliberately. Each time you sew, I want you to be reciting until this tongue is all tied up and bound. If the slit closes before you finish the psalm, keep wrapping the tongue in the thread. Wrap it up, wrap it up, recite the psalm until you really feel it take hold. Then knot the string so that you have this twisted, tied up tongue of beef. Douse the entire thing with lemons. Cut a lemon in half and squeeze both over it, then wrap it in aluminium. Wrap it up and place it into the freezer. This will halt his tongue. As the tongue freezes, he will be unable to speak his smooth word. This is immensely effective against the faux self-righteous, against people who are particularly those who use their tongue to escape the truth, who lie about others, who harm others, and who are able to kind of work their way out of trouble. And you mentioned that he hadn't even been truthful to his own family members. So this will work wonders on it. You want to do this as soon as possible. The more time you allow this to freeze, the better it will be to halt this person's mouth. Then nine days before you have to go to court or you have to submit paperwork, whatever type of deadline you have, nine days before, Go to the grave of an ancestor, as in this cat saw, and ask for their help. 
you weren't going to promise to that ancestor. You're going to say, hey, I will keep your tombstone, meaning that when they come through for you, when they're successful, you will regularly visit them to give them flowers, to clean their tombstone, to get rid of any weeds, to make sure that it doesn't get covered anything. So make a very clear offer. I will make you part of my family again. I will visit you regularly. Once a month, I will come out and leave flowers for you. You will hear an affirmation in your spirit from this ancestor that says, all right, I'll help you out. Pick an ancestor that will be an ally, a powerful female ancestor in particular, will be useful here. Gather the dirt and leave three coins as the payment for the dirt. Go back home and for the nine days leading up to your trial or where you have to submit paperwork, you're going to take a bowl or a plate, lay out the dirt and mix it with court case powder. You're going to create a little bit of a little small circle in the middle of it, and you're going to put a brown candle that you've dressed with court case oil. Light the candle and recite Psalm 35 and 37, let the candle burn down. And repeat it for nine days, burning this candle into the center of the dirt for nine days. On the day of your trial, or if you have to go before an arbiter or a judge or whoever you have to go before, Take a little bit of the dirt in your pocket. Not enough that if you get a pat down, people are like, why the hell do you have this in your pocket? But just enough that you can reach out and sprinkle it without anyone knowing. So just put a little handful in your pocket, and you are going to carry it into the courtroom or into whatever meeting room, and you are going to very carefully sprinkle it out so that whoever is there is going to have to walk through it. This will allow the spirit of your ancestor to attach themselves to the judge to this other person who has been lying, to everybody involved. And then once they come through, once you are victorious, you must make sure that you keep your promise. So it's a three-part working. You start with a beef tongue, then you go to the graveyard, then you, uh, you affix this dirt that you're going to lay out. This is what I see for you. Let's see if Jonathan, Jermaine, or Miss Cat have any further recommendations. I'm going to jump in real quick. First of all, that was brilliant, and that was classic. Number two, speaking from experience, someone's raising their hand and right now and saying, but I can't get to where my ancestors are buried. How will I do this? Right. So I'm going to give you one way to work around that. It's not perfect, but it is better than nothing. That is to get a photo of your ancestors or photos of as many of your ancestors as you can. These should be not original photos. These should be printouts. And I want you to get quassia bark chips and some charcoal, and you burn the photos to ashes with quassia bark. You then take another copy set of the photos, smear the quassia bark photo ashes on it, and do it. Oh, and you have to write their names on it. I'm sorry. Write their names on it. Do it again. Then take those combined ashes and do it on a third iteration of the photo with their names on it. That's called triple refined photos. Now those ashes can be a stand-in for the graveyard dirt. That is my only addition to this. Oh, my gosh. And there's our music. That's wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Um. All right, Clifford, who do we got now? Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo. 
Bristol, California, looking to online, luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contract practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. We receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-88-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our next client. Our caller is Leslie calling from area code 330. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am. Superb. Leslie, have you had any recent readings about this issue? Uh, no. Okay, very good. All right, in the sign-up, Leslie says, I started a new position two weeks ago, and I want to know how successful I'll be in my new position over the next year to 18 months. Turning over you, Ms. Cat. Okay. Well, that, let me ask um, Leslie a question first. Um, first of all, let me raise my hand and vindicate it. See, I told you it's about the jobs. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> so, um, congratulations on the job. That's um, what Doc Murphy says, and I second that. Uh, what is your sign of the zodiac? Aquarius. All right. Aquarius is um, just about due to change jobs. If I could tell you how many Aquarians are changing jobs right now, you'd laugh. You're doing good. Um, we're going to turn this over to Contraman, who's going to do the first scrying. Then John will do the second scrying, and I will do the root work. So take it away, Contraman. Mm. Thanks, Ms. Cat. First, a couple questions real quick. Can you give me a brief uh, explanation? What industry are you in? You don't need to tell me the name of the company. What type of industry is it? I'm looking for a small, historically black college university called uh, Rust College here in Holly Springs. Okay. And this is in person right now? Yes. Okay. The reason I asked this is because I was looking, as it was being described, uh, I was looking into my ring my gin ring. So Miss Cat flips hers over, John breathes on it, I rub my thumb on my ring. So I rub my thumb on the ring and I stared into it and I've been staring into it to see the images. So my images are not metaphoric or symbolic. They're as they are happening. They are actual images. There is somebody in your job, someone of brown hair, um, who is sending an evil eye against you or will send the evil eye against you shortly if they haven't yet. So be mindful of this person. It's someone who is actually friendly to you, to your face, but I can see the look that she's making behind your back. This looks to be someone who's straddling admin role a little bit. So there's some form of admin component to this. I don't know if that means she's an administrator or some type of executive, but there's some type of admin component to what she does, because I do see her in a sort of office, not in a classroom here. Um, and this is very important that this person is uh, sending the evil eye. You will know her because there's something about her shoes that will stand out. So you'll be able to see her shoes. It may be a distinctive sound her shoe makes. It may be a distinctive look, but there's something about her shoes. I'm looking quite literally at her feet right now. There's something about her feet, about her shoes that will stand out, that will let you know, ah, this is the person. So be mindful of that. Keep that awareness as your job, who you interact with, who you encounter. This might, this is like, this person is not necessarily directly related to you. It's one kind of remove. So they're related to someone else that is in your close orbit. So just be aware that this person 
is sending the evil eye. This isn't a passive act either. Uh, I do see her very specifically standing in the office with someone else. Uh, this looks to be uh, someone with a shaved head, it looks like. Someone with a shaved head, um, and she's speaking to this person, and she's speaking about you. So this is about spreading some type of rumor, spreading some type of... So this is a shaved head guy um, that she's speaking to. I don't know if this is a boss or somebody else, but this is someone she's speaking to who she's talking about you. So be mindful that you're going to start to see this build. It starts as a bit of envy. It starts as a bit of frustration directed towards you that is silent, that is then going to transform into actively undermining your work. This will hinder you because I do see um, you getting tired, you getting exhausted. It will end up disrupting. You'll come across certain activities that you're doing that just kind of fall apart or deadlines that pass you up, or you feel overwhelmed, that's going to start to happen and relatively soon. And that will end up impacting job uh, performance and your ability to move forward, your ability to get promoted. And so there's going to be a toxic environment that gets built up here. The good news is that there is an ally here. You have an ancestor, interesting enough, like the blast person, that was willing to step in and assist and offer protection. I actually get a phantom smell of roses. Um, I don't know if you've ever smelled phantom roses, but if you do going forward, if you start to smell roses and there's no roses around you, that's your ancestor trying to communicate with you. That's your ancestor trying to connect with you. So bear that in mind. That's like, a, like an early warning system. Your ancestor saying, ah, something is happening. So if you smell phantom roses, that's what it is. In fact, I would go so far as to say that you should develop some type of relationship with this ancestor by giving them flowers, ideally White roses would be great for them. So white roses will help to move this along and build this connection. So that's what I see here. This is a very literal scene. Uh, as I mentioned, it's not a metaphoric figural. It's a literal person, uh, brown of hair, something distinct about their shoes. They seem friendly at first, but they are sending you the evil eye. I can see it directly from them. Um, but they will also soon, because we're peering into the future, start to speak about you to an, uh, a man with a shaved head. And this will then begin to spread rumors about you. So that's what I see here in my scrying ring. The jinn has revealed the future a little bit. Use this as a warning to develop some strategies of protection. And if you do so, I foresee that you can make this job successful for yourself and you can thrive. You simply have to remove the thorn along the way. I'm going to turn this over to John St. Germain, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Cat will give you some root work recommendations. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Conjurman Ali. Man, that was great. Um, and uh, let me give me just a minute here. Yes, uh, I see you. Um, Plus, I see you by a river, and uh, there's an affinity for water because you're very much at peace. You're very relaxed. But in the water, uh, you're disturbed from this meditation or relaxation. In the water, there's something very disturbing, and you look, and it's a long fish, almost like an eel, but it's a fish, and it's got very sharp teeth. It's not like a net. It's almost like a vampire fish. It's got very sharp teeth. And uh, you're not... Um, uh, running away from it, uh, for some reason you have a shovel and you you hit the fish with a shovel and uh, I, I believe you kill it, uh, you scoop it out of the water and then you start to bury it. But you bury it with great respect 
because you take two coins out of your pocket and you put these on the fish's eye. Uh, a very old ritual. It's not observed anymore. You put pennies on not Victorian era. Uh, you put pennies mm-hmm. on a dead person's eye. Yeah. And uh, then the fish grows all these tentacles and tries to pull you into the grave with it, and you continue to beat the fish. Um, this tells me you're not a person to take uh, uh, competition laying down, that you're very strong. And uh, if someone tries to uh, uh, come up against you, you'll, you'll uh, fight them, which is good because this is a very powerful rival. Uh, it's a venomous rival. This is a venomous uh, creature, whatever it is, and the tentacles tell me that it has many, this person has many contacts uh, and many ways to get around you. Uh, now, you, you cut the fish's heart out, and there's the bird. It's an owl, and the owl comes and you feed the heart to the owl, and this is your ally. This is someone who yeah, it's an ally, and uh, you take the two coins and also give them to the owl. Uh, the owl's doing something. He's, he's like nibbling, and he hands them back, and the coins are now an ankh. That's an amulet. That's an amulet. And then he, then the owl flies away and leaves a feather, and you pick the feather up, and you keep it too. Um uh, this means that you can be, you can defeat this uh, this rival, uh, and th- this is a person who feels that you're going to take money. Um, I think it, I think it is a woman. I think uh, that's right. Um, you're going to take money out of her pocket. Um, her position, I think, is endangered. Uh, I think she's treading on thin, thin ice, right? Uh, um, and she thinks that she may be replaced, and that. If you if you come there and apparently your uh, CV seems to have uh, impressed people and she thinks that she may be about to be replaced and she'll try to poison that uh, evil eye yeah I guess yeah uh, evil eye or some uh, yeah some other kind of uh, uh, desperate magic and that will continue that's what the tentacles um, but I believe an amulet. Uh, is indicated by my by my scrying, um, maybe some other kind of um, protection magic that Miss Cat might recommend. Uh, I'm not supposed to scry, you know, say that, but that's that's what I see here. The the owl like forges an amulet and also a feather. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll let Miss Cat comment on that, whatever that might mean. And uh, um, uh, that that's what I see. But there's a sacrifice there too, feeding the heart and the coins to. Um, to the owl, there's some kind of sacrifice you have, you, you're advised to make, a payment, a payment. Wow! Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I have. Yeah, I can have. I jump in real quick before, before you give before you give recommendation? Can I jump in real quick and say something? Uh, yes. The name Robert jumps. I don't know if she's still there or if she can hear us, but the name Robert jumps out here. Uh, sometimes the djinn speak very verbally, the djinn in the scrying ring, and the name Robert comes out. I don't know if you know a Robert, but or you will meet a Robert soon is unclear to me, but be mindful of the name Robert. It'll show up, and when you see it, that's someone pivotal to this situation. And I, I'm going to add here that Robert can be both a first name or a last name, 
and um, yeah, yeah. knowing how spirit works, it could also be something like Robertson or Robertson. I mean, I've seen those mm-hmm. names be received by a spirit medium, and then what comes out is just, you know, 10 degrees twisted. So that's very important um, oh, news. Oh, also, so Bob, of course. Can I say, uh, Cosmin Ali, I, I really admire you working with gins. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'd be afraid. <laughs> I really admire you. <laughs> well, it comes out of Countryman's family tradition. So he, not for the faint of heart, for sure. Uh, it's not yeah. for me, that's for sure. No. All right. Well, now I'm going to give some um, ideas here. Um, the evil eye, which is the eye of jealousy, is um, obviously indicated in both of these. Um, and the idea of, of the um, putting the pennies on the eye is a way of sending, you know, canceling out the eye. That's what um, John saw, and uh, Contraband saw the evil eye. So first of all, and I'm not trying to promote that you have to buy a book, but there is a book um, called Terrors of the Evil Eye Exposed that uh, was written by Henri Gamache, a pseudonym of Anne Fleitman, and then updated and 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 um, a, a much material added to it by myself and Dr. Jeremy Weiss, um, who is in the chat. And so Terrors of the Evil Eye Exposed will give you a lot of information about what jealousy is, what kind of black magic the evil eye is, whether it is done intentionally or accidentally. You're going to need that. And you're also going to need to understand how to repel some of the things of the evil eye, how to avert them, uh, how to repel them, and how to cure it. So I would say that the Ankh is a symbol that is used for life. It stands for life. Very good symbol. The owl is often used as um, an amulet against the evil eye because owls have their eyes facing forward. There are a number of such amulets. I'd like you to... um, you can look online and get an eye charm or any a mirror charm. Uh, in other words, a, a piece of reflective jewelry. There are many ways, even things with sequins on them, there are many ways to guard yourself against the evil eye. And I would try most of them if I were you because we're getting a lot of uh, mixed symbolism that shows that this is an ongoing, going to be an ongoing problem. Terrors of the Evil Eye will help you. And there's another book called um, Amulets, How to Use Amulets, Charms, and Talismans in the Hoodoo and Root Work Tradition. And it's all about dedicating and wearing amulets with about 150 different amulets and what they're used for, many of them against the evil eye. So when you select your amulet, because I'm not going to be your fashion coordinator here, you're going to pick your own thing. Whether you want you know, a, a piece of uh, black tourmaline, or if you say, I wouldn't wear black tourmaline on a bet. I'd, you know, I really want a cross of Jesus. Or maybe you might say, I want a star of David. Or you might say, I just want one of the pinnacles of Solomon. Or you might say, I always wanted amethyst. Whatever it's going to be, there are stones, there are figural items that are used to repel the evil eye and to repel evil in general. I want you to make a, um, a little space. It doesn't have to be an altar. And I want you to set up three little white candles. And you're going to use these candles uh, as a space within which you are going to dedicate the amulet. You can do this for every amulet you have or as many as you want. And you will, um, you can dress those candles with um, holy oil. You can dress them with um, protection oil, guardian angel oil. There's a number of those. I would not recommend fiery wall of protection. I would just say um, something of a gentle protection nature. 
and you will um, put the item that you want to dedicate to where. And this will be something that will be seen. In other words, if you have a, a sorority pin and you've already been wearing it, use that against the evil eye. But you're going to dress that um, object, no matter what it is, with some of these oils, um, whichever one you choose, protection, guardian angel, um, and um, you could even, you know, go a little further with that if you want to, maybe run devil run or something like that, because the character was seen to be somewhat um, evil in intention, not just accidentally bad. And dress the amulet and then pray over it. And you're going to pray over it for protection. I happen to like Psalms number 23 and Psalms number 91. Those are both really good. There was a feather mentioned in the um, reading that John made, and feathers are often um, used for uh, protection. Feather charm can be used, not necessarily an actual feather, but black hen feathers are sometimes used. I want you to do this research yourself. You may have to make more than one amulet. If the amulet um, is on a thin chain and the chain breaks, it's called it took a hit. And you'll know that someone tried to send some evil against you. Do not throw out the amulet. Pick it up. Clean it off. But throw out the broken chain or the link that broke, whatever. Just throw that away and get a new chain. Don't get a heavy chain thinking it'll never break again. Now I've done it right. No. You want it to be able to break. You can also, if you like, um, wear um, such a, a charm in such a way that the person will see it. And if they comment on it, oh, I like that uh, tourmaline necklace you've got. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. you know who the person is. You know who mm-hmm. they are. They can't, everyone's going, yeah. They can't stand it when they see that. Uh, you don't have to wear something as obvious as an eye charm. I think everybody in the Internet in the last five years, it used to be very uh, guarded and very secret and something only people from the Middle East knew about. But now it was, oh, eye charms, you're protecting against the evil eye. But there are many other kinds of charms that can be used that way that are not quite as obvious. Blue itself, just a blue stone in the middle of, oh, a little angel holding a blue stone, whatever it's going to be. Dress it. Pray over it, bless it, and wear it. But be prepared to have several of them because I sense that this person is not going to do this just once. And if there is gossip around you, you can yeah. also put on a touch of stop gossip oil and um, put that around your desk um, or uh, on the uh, you know on your hands, cross palms your hands. And some people will put when they're going into a situation like this. Fear not to walk over evil oil, a little cross of that on the feet. But I don't sense that this is going to be foot track magic against you. It's going to be of the mouth and the eye. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Now, I think you can do this, and I think what was said, that the person who's doing it or will be doing it to you is on shaky ground. They will leave. And um, they, one thing you will know when they leave, you'll know that, that you're safe now because mm. this person who's doing this is not um, going to be um, uh, hanging around for too long. That's my sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I All just right. Real quickly, just add one real... If you don't know the people we've described so far... You can wait to see them because it'll be obvious. But the second thing you can do, 
check the website directory. People's photos are on there, and you'll see and recognize them. Oh, yeah. Really good. Everything's on All the right. Internet. All right. Okay, now we're going to get our fabulous recorded announcement from the world of announcement recordings. <laughs> The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time for our free spell segment from John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John St. Germain. Oh, well, thank you, Clifford. Uh, oh, one, one quick thing I wanted to get in there. Not all scrying is visual. Uh, if you're doing psychometry, uh, like you're holding an object uh, belonging to somebody that you want to do a reading for in mediumship, I want to tell you this story very quickly, and then I'll get the free spell. We have time. We have time. Um, a woman gave me a ring that belonged to one of her relatives, and uh, she wanted to contact and ask a question. And I said, I've got this smell. It's like cabbage cooking. And there's some kind of, it's obviously a greasy meat, and there's paprika and other spices. And she goes, oh, oh, that's going to be my aunt, because she made, and she told me, I don't remember the name, but it was this Polish cabbage wrap with meat and spices. I don't remember the name of it. Never heard of it, but it sounded really good. And she said, that's my aunt, because no one knew what the ring, who the ring belonged to. But I could smell this delicious cabbage and pork sausage. That's what it is. Cat, uh, ground pork sausage with spices wrapped in cabbage and uh, boiled. And uh, I said, whatever that is, I'd like to have some. And it turned out it was her aunt. And when she had some verification sometime later, it turned out, yeah, that belonged to your aunt, you know, so-and-so, who was from Poland. So sometimes you'll get smells. Every sense that we have has an astral sense, uh, touch, uh, smelling, hearing, seeing, etc. And sometimes you'll hear noises, like you'll hear uh, music, uh, etc. So uh, don't, don't just think it's visions. Uh, uh, it can be anything that comes to you. Be very relaxed about it, which brings us to our spell um, or a ritual or ceremony. Um, to do this, you need a piece of merlinite that's flat so it will stay, stay on you because you're going to put it on your forehead. Uh, to do this, you lay down in a comfortable spot and uh, turn off all distraction and uh, you will put a drop of uh, psychic vision oil or clarity oil or uh, Solomon oil on your third eye, which is a spot about an inch up from your eyebrow and between the two eyes. The third eye chakra, you can find it on any chart. And you'll lay down and you'll put this piece of merlinite, this flat merlinite stone, on, uh, on your third eye over that. And uh, you don't want to put, don't, you know, qu- uh, quantity is not quality in this kind of stuff. You don't want to <laughs> pour a whole bottle on your head and that stone will slide around. You just want to put a little dab and rub it in. Yeah, just rub it in. And, um, and you lay there. And then you'll count backward from 100 
coordinating it with your breath. You're counting your breaths, and you concentrate entirely on your breath. You, you, you say 100, 99, 98. I'm going to tell you, there are people who just can't do this. They, they can't stand the stillness. But at some point, if you do this and you stick with it, by the time you reach one, there will be a sensation of floating, of bodilessness, of complete weightlessness. And when you reach this state, you know you're doing it right, and this is a perfect state for scrying or any sort of clairvoyant activity. And when you can enter the state quickly, you have to know what it feels like first, though. That weightlessness, that bodilessness, that floating, your mind is absolutely quiet and alert and focus when you enter that state. Th- this is what works for me. It's what I, you know, I was taught uh, by, you know, people that enter the state. Uh, it, it was never really used for scrying, but I found it really useful. And the Merlinite really helps. Um, then you, you know, you just do it and you enter it, this totally focused, thoughtless, empty state then it will come to you because I think the biggest hurdle to learning scrying is people overthink it. They're, they're looking at analyzing it. What should I see? What do I do? And uh, that's why you hold the uh, black mirror at an angle to where you don't see your own reflection. You, you hold it at an angle and do it in a dark room where it can't reflect anything. You should have some light, but, you don't have uh, where you're looking at the ceiling or the poster behind you or something or the mirror behind you or you, you don't want to uh, integrate your environment. Um, and, uh, oh, what color is Merlinite? It, it looks like uh, uh, it looks like the galaxy, the pieces. It's, it's dark with flecks in it. And if you move it around, the light hits it at different um, uh, angles. But uh, if you, if you, if you hit, Ask Mr. Google, and you'll see lots of it. It varies, but uh, I've got uh, a Merlinite <laughs> sphere that looks like the universe. It, you know, looks like it's full of stars. It's it's very. It's called the Sorcerer's Stone, the Magician's Stone. Um, it, it's very cool. Um, but that's uh, that's my spell, and um, it's very simple. I don't have a lot of ingredients or anything with it, but uh, it's a wonderful aid to any kind of meditative absorption, and I think it. Um, uh, it can help you in any of your psychic practices. Uh, a lot of the people I knew who, who were scryers uh, that I talked to and who were really good at it, I'd see them do it. I would see them prepare. They would uh, um, even sometimes put their hands together in uh, the egg, you know, like they're holding an egg. You've seen that meditative position and take a deep mm. breath and close their eyes and uh, uh, prepare themselves. And uh, you know, then they'd look at the crystal ball and, uh, uh, of course, uh, Conjurman Ali has his uh, uh, wonderful ring, and I, I knew a woman who had a, uh, uh, a ruby amulet who scried, and uh, uh, I knew a fellow who could um, uh, just kind of look uh, into the distance, mountain gazing it's called, um, and scry. You don't need... Uh, expensive equipment. Uh, you don't have to have a collection of different crystal balls uh, uh, to do this. Uh, in, any shiny surface, uh, uh, a shiny uh, silver uh, cigarette lighter. I have a, 
I had one I found at a flea market that called out to me. Uh, it's an old Zippo, and I'll hold it in my hand sometimes and uh, let the light hit me and um, this glitter in my eye. And uh, sometimes that uh, it just calls out to me sometimes, and I'll say, yeah, that's, that's the one right there. Uh, and I get certain uh, answers from it. Um, I think there's some psychometry involved with that. So um, wow. it's something you can talk about for weeks. You know, you really it is. Well, that that way of um, going into a meditative state uh, really helps you get in touch with inner visions. I recommend it highly. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, students who tell me, well, I just fell asleep. And I'll tell them, yeah, you were sleepy. It's not the process. You were just sleepy. Do it again. Do it again on another day. So if it doesn't work for you the first time, give it a try. And I can swear that mm-hmm. Gabbro Merlinite or Merlinite or Gabbro or whatever you call Indigo Gabbro, whatever you want to call that stone, is an amazing stone. I, uh, I vouch for it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, Clifford is going to uh, come on and uh, make our final announcements, and then we're going to come back if we have a little moment and make a couple of more statements and say goodbye. So take it away, Clifford. All right. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, John St. Germain um, of SaintJohnStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Freya Rose of FreyaHealings.com in New Mexico, bringing us the topic of how to speak with spirits. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky, another lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on blog. 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive. RadioShow.html. So, Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. Now, all of you who haven't had enough of Clifford from him just doing announcing, uh, he's going to be a presenter at the annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, the 15th annual, on August 13th and 14th, 2022. Tickets are on sale at hoodooheritagefestival.com, so drop on by and get your tickets. You'll get a goodie box with a lot of goodies in it. I'm also going to be presenting a few other uh, fabulous folks. Doc Murphy, who's in the chat right now, is going to be one of the presenters. And so is Dr. Jeremy Weiss, who's in the chat right now. So if you like our stuff, come out and see us. You'll get a lot of goodies. You'll get about $100 worth of products as a kickback on your ticket price. And those products will be used to make and do things that you'll be taught at the festival. Not just lectures, but actual workshops. All right. Time to say good night. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Bye.